Hi, I'm Mark Rennick. This is Victory Over Sin. I have committed my life to Jesus Christ. I can work for the Lord in prison or out of prison. That's how I want to spend my life. This is Victory Over Sin, and my name is Mark Rennick. Good Saturday afternoon to you all out there. I hope Saturday is a good one for you. It's been a good weekend for you. It's been a good weekend for us at Systemic Change of Idaho. Usually at the first of the show, I try to give you a bit of an explanation about what Systemic Change of Idaho is. Systemic Change of Idaho is a advocacy arm of St. Vincent, the Council for St. Vincent de Paul here in the Treasure Valley. What we do is to work trying to address the needs and trying to articulate the concerns and issues that affect people who have returned from custody. We call those guys returning citizens. And we're trying to put together a program, if you will, whereby we're going to come up with a speaker's bureau. We're going to put together a situation in which people will go out and talk to service groups, and people will be able to go out and share their testimony, if you will, from our perspective. We're going to identify some key issues, and we're going to put those all together in a real professional manner. We're working on that. And we're all excited about that. It's been exciting week for us at Systemic Change of Idaho. And we've got a real interesting and important guest on today, and I'll get to that in just a second. But again, I think it was a great week for us. We're excited. Lots of things have happened. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, the man who's going to come up, James Ackerman, who is the uh, president and CEO of Prison Fellowship. I don't know how many of you are listening to my voice know what Prison Fellowship is. It used to be called Prison Fellowship Ministries. Uh, It was developed by Chuck Colson. Chuck Colson, uh, of Watergate fame, was on staff of Mr. Nixon, was actually uh, indicted and sent to prison. And there he really became um, a strong Christian. Uh, in terms of reading uh, what reportedly is Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. And after he got out of prison, he spent some time uh, trying to figure out what he's going to do with his life. The report I heard and the story I like the most that I tell is that he went to the Oregon coast, went to Newport, and was staying at the home of uh, then-Senator Mark Hatfield, where he decided kind of what he wanted to do with his life, and it was to form prison fellowship. And that's been some number of years now, getting up there. And uh, what we're going to have on here in just a second is the man who is the CEO, and he's going to talk about that. But again, I want to kind of address how powerful that organization is here in Idaho as well as across the nation. Its impact is worldwide. But in Idaho, we do have volunteers who represent that agency that go out and offer classes. I know I went through programs that we used to call Going for the Gold, and a man by the name of Fred Winnikin, I'll give him some credit, he came out tirelessly to present many of those concepts that uh, not only are life skills for us as well as for biblical principles, and I always appreciated that. Those are the efforts of Prison Fellowship. Uh, they have a Northwest Regional Director. If you look back on the archives of our show, you will see that Mark Hubble has been on this program and will continue to be when he's in our area. He has five West Northwestern states that he represents for Prison Fellowship. And one of the things we hope to talk about when we have Mr. Ackerman on is how we can have more of a presence for Prison Fellowship in Idaho. Uh, So those are the things that we've been kind of talking about. Those are the things we benefited from. I know that when I was incarcerated, you get down and a lot of times you're trying to reach out to people who you've been estranged from. One of the people I reached out to was Mark Hubble. 
I mentioned that on earlier shows, and you can go back and listen to the archives. But I wrote him letters, and he wrote me letters back. And Mr. Hubble has worked for them for over 30 years, and he really does represent that true spirit of the Christian working for people who are incarcerated, who has this huge heart for people who have been incarcerated. Uh, and it's a powerful organization. If your church or your group is not represented by a prison fellowship, uh, again, you can we're going to give my name at the end of the show and how to contact me, get in touch with me or, or me via the station here, and we'll get some information that lets you know about how to contact Mark and the Northwest um, section, I guess you would call it. He calls it Northwest Division of Prison Fellowship, and we will do so. Um, without further ado, I want to go to our, my introduction for uh, Mr. Ackerman, who's calling in from Washington, D.C. I hope you find this interesting. Thank you very much. You are more than the choices that you've made. You are more than the sum of past mistakes. You are more than the problems you created. Uh, Victor Emerson is really happy to have a very, very special guest on today. We've got the uh, president and CEO of Prison Fellowship. Mr. James Ackerman. James, welcome to the show, sir. Hi, Mark. It's uh, my pleasure for me to be here. Thank you. And it's a relatively new position for you, correct? Yeah, I started here nine months ago. Congratulations. And so how did, I know that your history, you're a Californian kind of like me, you kind of grew up in the Hollywood era. Uh, how did you get from where you were, with the background there, to suddenly the head of uh, Prison Fellowship? Well, 12 years before I became the leader of Prison Fellowship, I um, had a divine appointment at a father-son retreat at uh, Mount Hermon in the Santa Cruz Mountains, which is a, a Christian retreat yeah, center. Yeah, great place. The, yeah, you, you've been there. Yeah, and so um, uh, I ended up meeting one of the executives of Prison Fellowship at that uh, father-son retreat, and mm-hmm. I told him I was fascinated with prison ministry, but I'd never done anything about it. And he said, well, I can fix that. And I said, what do you mean? He said, let me take you to prison. And so he took me to a prison in Iowa. Really? Um, and, yep, at Newton Correctional Facility, uh, where we at the time had a very big program going on there. And it just changed me on the day. I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. There was real transformation happening in these men's lives. Mm-hmm. And so um, I got back to San Francisco, where we were living at the time, and said to my wife, Martha, I just can't wait to get back involved in, uh, and get back into prison. She's like, this is not why I sent you on a father-son retreat. <laughs> that's but great. I like anyway. that story. I love that story. <laughs> so that's how I got started. So I started volunteering with Prison Fellowship um, as a mentor, as a counselor, and as a life skills teacher. Um, and then I uh, also uh, am a graduate of the second uh, Centurions program class, uh, today known as the Colson Fellows program, mm-hmm. um, and which is was Chuck Colson's uh, deep dive on biblical worldview, and so I got to know Chuck through that experience, and uh, really got immersed in in all things prison fellowship. Absolutely fantastic. Because the, um, I think the thing that the, I was so excited to have you on too, because um, you don't know this, but I had done some time, I did some little bit of time in California, but I did seven years in Idaho. And to be honest with you, when I was, I went through what was a, what we called Hope Community, is a faith-based program at a maximum security prison here in Idaho. And one of the people that was my pen pal was a gentleman by the name of 
Mark Hubble, who's in charge of your Northwest region. And I would write these letters to Mark, and Mark would always respond. And so yeah, he became a he became a real link for me in terms of as I got out. And then when I've gotten out, I've gotten to know him. He's been on the radio show a couple of times. And he's just – he's good people, and he's been with you for almost 30 years. Yeah, that's It's exactly almost an right. institution in the, in the Pacific Northwest. And yeah. so – but it, he really represents what, what Chuck's intent was, I think, when he yeah. started out. Yeah, and so absolutely. I got that same kind of feel from just the correspondence and the return back from uh, Mark Couples. So yeah, that's cool. Exactly. That's yeah. great. It does kind of get into your system and kind of uh, take it over. I, so I can appreciate with that. I love that story. Yeah. So you are, were pretty much a, a part of the Hollywood community growing up, right? So that must have been different from me. I mean, I was in Southern California too, but that must have been an interesting growing up in the area, right? Yeah. You know, I, it, 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 it's all I knew, to mm-hmm. be honest. I went to you know private grade school, so all the kids that I went to school with were the sons or daughters of this person or that person. So my mother uh, is Eleanor Donahue. She right. now lives in Palm Springs, um, is retired from the industry, but was best known uh, for her role as Betty, princess on Father Knows Best, yes. and also Ellie on the Andy Griffith yeah, Show, know, and, man, and many, fantastic. many other roles over the years. Fantastic. And my father was the executive producer of many of the sitcoms between the late 50s and early 70s, including Bewitched and Dennis the Menace and Gidget and Flying Nun and all that. That's, that is so, so yeah, I, I grew up running around on the back lots of the studios um, uh, as a kid. But again, to me, that was just normal. But then the logical transformation to the documentary stuff that you've most recently done before you came, how did that transition yeah. happen? You know, I, um, I've always had a love for the art form of documentary film. And I think we live in a world today where so much news is, um, is, is through an editorial lens that is defined by a large corporation. Mm-hmm. And I find documentary, um, uh, documentary filmmakers, you know, seek to illuminate things that they believe we need to know about. And so, uh, you know, I'm a, an alum of A&E Television Network, so mm-hmm. I led yeah. the launch of the History Channel in the U.K. and in Latin America. Um, uh, but in 2000, the spring of 2009, I was asked to take over the leadership of Documentary Channel, which was um, had become insolvent, uh, largely because of the downturn in late 2008. And um, and lead a turnaround of it, and 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 by God's grace, we we accomplished it. We took the company from insolvency to profitability in a year, mm-hmm. and two years later, we sold the company to Participant Media in Beverly Hills. And so, um, you know, over the years, I have played a role in uh, as an executive producer of a couple of documentary films. Um, I am a member of the International Documentary Association board. Um, yeah, and so it's just a world that you know I love being part of, and a community I love being part of, and I just think the the uh, the art form of documentary film, you know, has the ability to get people talking and to affect positive change. And I thought, but I think too now it seems like recently, almost not a rash, but there's been several quality uh, documentaries on prison and Thirteenth yeah. Amendment, Beyond the Wall, those kinds of things are out and they're getting publicity. I know that we went to an, a, a premiere of Beyond the Wall a few weeks ago over in Sun Valley here in Idaho. But that seems to be the trend. It seems to be a perfect scenario for you to come in. Does Prison Fellowship have an idea for something like that? Yeah, we do. And we're actually having a conversation right now with two documentary filmmakers about making a documentary series. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But if you take the film 13th, which mm-hmm. was nominated for an Academy Award this, this year, mm-hmm. um, it didn't win, but, mm-hmm. but it was nominated. It was. Um, our own Craig DeRoche, who leads our public policy and advocacy team, uh, is in the film numerous times, mm-hmm. um, as is his predecessor, Pat Nolan is in the film. So, Prison mm-hmm. Fellowship... Pat Nolan's um, a Californian. Yeah, there you go. Remember? Yeah, there we you go. Both Californians. Right. There we go. We got his name out there. That's cool. But neither are from Idaho, which is... No, 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 no. But, you know, hey, we're all doing it. We're the best we can. <laughs> um, all of us, all the Californians are moving up to Idaho. It's yeah, I've heard. Yeah. Yes. Um, I've been there. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, but the... Uh, so, we're in those films. We have an opportunity to speak to those things. In fact, we had, since I came on board, we held a screening of an HBO film called Solitary, mm-hmm. uh, which we um, uh, screened uh, in partnership with HBO in San Francisco two weeks before the film actually premiered on HBO. And we had an audience of wardens and academics yes. and pastors and mm-hmm. donors and all of that um, who were part of the conversation about the use of solitary confinement and the overuse of solitary confinement. It was a really robust conversation. Yeah, one of those, one of those, one of those participants too was the former director of the Department of Corrections, and they've we've really they've gone in multi and they've gone a major way in directions in terms of doing away with solitary confinement. So it in yeah. part works. I mean, but I'm going to be remiss if I don't tell you that as you go forward with this, Idaho needs some attention in terms of. You know, you should consider kind of taking a look or next time you're in this area, let's, let me give you that tour because we are the second highest per capita incarceration state in the nation. And we've wow. got interesting things going on here and we are really in terms of backward in terms of the approach to corrections. And yeah. something like that could really, you know, we could put you in all sorts of spots that would make that work well. So certainly that's my pitch and keep that in the yeah. back of your mind. But the yeah, one thing well, – thank, thank you for that because we're we're a big advocate of – a restorative approach to justice. And what we mean by that is, you know, it's the court's job to sentence you proportionately uh, for the crime that you've committed, right? Right. Uh, and that's your punishment. Mm-hmm. But the day you enter prison, we want to see you put on a path to restoration, right? Absolutely. And we want to present to you the gospel. We want to invite you to respond to that. We want to, if you do respond to that, seek to make you make disciples of men and women in prison mm-hmm. um, and also deal with the things that um, have contributed to one's criminogenic thinking with the goal of equipping you to live successfully in and out of prison. And when you do return to society, as 90% of people going into prison will, that you're able to return to society as a productive citizen and a servant of your community. And you're you're preaching to my second question. Again, you're talking to me on a Christian radio station. So what the thing that does not happen in all these documentaries is to talk about the relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's something that uh, needs to be included, and that's why you guys are the perfect kind of vehicle to make that work. So Yeah, and I have people ask me. I mean, I I grew up in the mass media industry, right? Right. So not the, you know, Christian subculture media industry. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, uh, my friends are every manner of person you can think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to be clear, in our in, in our intensive programs, what we call academies, mm-hmm. uh, and we have one academy in Idaho, in fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, um, oh, goodness, uh, it's in um, South Idaho Correctional Institution. Mm-hmm. Um, and our ac- academies are these year-long intensive uh, uh, programs. But we invite anybody to apply to come into the academy. They can be of any faith, background, or no faith at all. They are going to hear the gospel message as part of it because our program is rooted in, in a biblical worldview and the, and the, and the gospel message. 
Um, and sometimes people respond and sometimes they don't, but everyone is going to be presented that. Mm-hmm. But my friends will sometimes say to me, like, um, but, you know, why does, why does the Christian message have to be at the core of everything you do? And I say, well, number one, because all of our teaching is grounded in it, right? It's the only thing we know. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is we know it works. People well, go through radical transformation, and people that were total thugs end up becoming positive leaders in their community. Mm-hmm. And and it works. No, and that's and, yeah, all I, that matters. I totally agree with you. I'm a graduate of Going for the Gold, Fred Ackerman. We used to, I went through that program at Max, so oh, right. I, I really do understand what you're doing. And yeah. I think I work been out about six, almost six years now. And the people that I deal with now on an ongoing basis, the ones who succeed, number one, have a relationship with Jesus Christ. But we also yeah. hearken back to some of the things that those volunteers did for us out there. So it was a pretty special time and. At the core of that was some programs from Prison Fellowship. And at that point in time, to be honest with you, we had – Idaho had boots on the ground in terms of a staff person here. And I know they've gone away from that before your tenure. It's like six-plus years ago or so. Is there ever any direction, you think, for Prison Fellowship to do that sort of stuff here? Because, you know, the work that we do is difficult. And sometimes it's just a face-to-a-face to to make some of that stuff work. Is that something that – you're looking at in the future for you guys? Absolutely. It's our plan to establish these academies that I just mentioned um, in every single state by the time we hit our 50th anniversary, which is 10 years from now. We have one in Idaho, but we want to have one in at least a men's prison and one women's prison. Mm -hmm. And with that, we come in and bring the air cover of our advocacy team to help train folks, uh, legislators, to understand that, that exactly. you can be tough on crime, but at the same time, you can be restorative to the yeah. individuals uh, in prison. Because the truth of the matter is, is that nobody is beyond the transformative power of God. Uh, and so, and that, you know, again, that premise is grounded in the Bible. Oh, absolutely. Um, the I other thing you... is, we have a program called Warden's Exchange. And I will, you know, I will take this conversation and speak with the, our guy that runs that. Mm-hmm. Um, Wardens Exchange is a program where every nine months we launch a class of 15 wardens from across the country who review case studies of what has worked and not worked in their prisons. Mm-hmm. And the graduates of Wardens Exchange include, you know, the 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 um, the warden for San Quentin in the current class is the warden for Folsom Prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, wardens from Rikers Island. I mean, we have all across the country wardens have gone through this program and go back uh, with the intent of creating a more positive and restorative culture in their prison. I know, I know Mark has talked about that, and has even talked of a seminary here and, that you've had in other states, too. And I, I, all those things are coming. I just, I'm so happy to see that, well, two things. Number one, you're getting to talk to us. We're able to put this out on the air, let people start understanding it and start talking about it. It's coming for the future. But, you know, I think you need to, I always told Mark, you need to get back in terms of being that, Boots on the ground. I see your face. I do that kind of stuff here in Idaho because so much we got so much to do here. And yeah. the directors, the, they've had three directors of the Department of Corrections since I've been out, but all of them have said we cannot run these institutions without volu- religious volunteers. Right, and that's very, very true. And we are the people going out there attempting to change the hearts and minds of these guys. Yeah. And the only reason we're doing this is because we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's yeah. that's a given. And I, you guys are just the logical. I used to call them 
He used to say, Mark, well, you're the logical leader. And I kind of formed a little nonprofit on my own. I said, I do what Prison Fellowship can't do. But that we, we worked that out. It's, I'm doing something different in terms of offering support to them through our nonprofit. But but you guys should be the pillar and the one that we look to for guidance oh, for sure. because on the national level. So it's yep. good to see that you're there doing that. Well, thank you. Hey, I appreciate that. Anything yeah. else we can do for you other than uh, my pitch is that, that, boy, this would be a great documentary in Idaho. Because you could see all the, the different situations and you could really see the transformation of um, the way Idaho can change because we're so highly incarcerated and to see some change with uh, with God's input, that would be fantastic. How long have you been out? I've been out six years in May. Okay. And you were in for seven? I was in for seven this last time. But I also I hope this doesn't cast aspersions on you. I did. I have a C number in California and an E number in California for two two-year sentences. But Idaho gets mad at people when you break the law up here, and uh, they put me in for 20 years. I had to do seven of it, so I did seven. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you, uh, you've, uh, you've experienced victory over sin. That's it. Um, That's the name of the you, show. Joe, you've done your homework. That's so good. And, you know, you... Um, uh, as you probably experienced yourself, uh, you know, so many men and women who go to prison have a very broken worldview of what life is all about and their role in life. And it's only through the intersection of, of the, the gospel message it is. that it is. folks are able to experience that victory over sin. And it is so much of it. I, I do the work with people getting out now, and it is that relationship. Uh, no one can be victorious over sin, but that is what you really need to work on or you're just not going to make it. You're going to fall into that uh, extra, that uh, affair that is not a marital affair. You're going to use drugs and it's going to lead to the downfall. The only people that survive, I can tell you, because I do this on a daily basis with people, is the people who have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So yeah. it is, well, it, I, it is. it was a pleasure taking up your time today and letting you come on and do this. And again, any way that we can help in terms of uh, our support, Mark knows how to reach us, and hopefully you know how to reach us now, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do anything you really ask. That's great. Thank you so much, Mark. I I it. Thank you for joining us. Yep, my pleasure. Mm-hmm. I was. I used to be mad at you. A little on the hurt side, too, but I'm not who I was. I was really excited to find out who he was and what he does. He enters, he, we, had, we ended that interview with uh, no holes barred. We can talk about anything we wanted to. And I congratulate him on being as candid and honest in terms of um, his involvement with prison fellowship and his walk. That's very powerful stuff. Uh, you can, again, when we'll, we'll go to the end of the show, if there's something that you need information about him or about anybody else or about getting involved, we'll be happy to help you do that. I mentioned earlier in the show, it's been a great week for us. We also went to... Um, we had an event on Saturday that I kind of got people excited about, hopefully. But we went out and fixed up the State Street store, thrift shop for St. Vincent de Paul. And it was – we did positive things. There were people there working all day. It was an interesting sort of situation because we uh, – a lot of the people who came out and who did most of the work expected, quote-unquote, more volunteers, more commitments from people in the community. And not everybody showed up. It's one of those interesting things. Uh, I went to a sermon this week, read a sermon for a, who said 20% of the people of a church body do the work of all the 100% of people who attend. And so we kind of had that example, if you will, of not as many people showing up for the work on um, Saturday. But 
it was a good thing. And what it did for our little reentry conference, I think, because we've gone through some changes there, it solidified us as volunteers in terms of coming together and getting something done. Hopefully, as you drive by the State Street store, in the coming weeks, you're going to see a new paint job. Some kudos to Adam Rowe Painting, who came out and painted the whole front of the, of the situation, and to many of the volunteers who are on my group that came out. We got lots of pictures. If you want to go to any of our media sites, you can uh, do so, and we've got good pictures of the people who are out there doing the hard work. I'll give all those addresses out here in a second when we close the show. The other thing we did this week, which was really sort of cool, is there was a 48th annual Meridian Mayor's Prayer Breakfast. I got to go to that this week. Um, I was impressed. I didn't quite look at the headliner, but Marty Tadman spoke. And many of the people who know Marty Tadman uh, from BSU as a player, he's been on this radio station before. Uh, He's a strong, strong, strong Christian. And what he gave up to start his wife, he just had a new child. His testimony was very powerful. And there were powerful people there, too. I was impressed with um, – give some kudos to the man who was sort of the um, mediator, Randy Rhodes, who I hadn't seen in a long time. Used to be a vineyard um, meridian, and now it's the Resurge Church. Randy looked good, did a great job of putting it all together, and Mayor Tammy, uh, who does so much for the city of Meridian. It's nice to see a full room of people, Christians, talking about being Christians in a room. And it was powerful to be able to sit and listen to people and share and know that early in the morning we were all up there talking about how powerful things are, being a Christian and being open about that. So many times I think we find that we can't do that in our lives. We have to kind of disguise it. But what Tad said and what we said was, wear that Christianity out on your sleeve. And that's what I would encourage all of you to do as you go forth and um, uh, live your lives. Uh, of course, I'll make a pitch now for if you're out there and you are have been in the system, we are looking for you at Systemic Change of Idaho. So you can reach out and touch, get in touch with us. We would love for you to be a part of our steering committee. We would love for you to be a part of what the message we're attempting to develop. Reach out and get a hold of me. The manner in which you do that is through www.systemicchangeofid.com. There's a Link on there, uh, email link on there. You can get in touch with us that way. You can call us at area code 208-477-1006. You can get in touch with us on Facebook. We have a great Facebook page where many of the pictures from last Saturday's event are, and that is Systemic Change of ID on Facebook. And you can actually do us on Instagram now, too. We've got Instagram where it's Systemic Change of ID. Reach out and follow us, link to us. We hope that it, I hope it has been a good day for you and you've been entertained. If your heart is for doing this, reach out and touch us. If not, we will look forward to seeing you next Saturday on Victory Over Sin. Thank you so much. I used to do it too. I used to do it too. I used to do it too.